0: You're listening to Unveiling the Magic Podcast, where newcomers and seasoned Potterheads are all welcome. Hello, and welcome back to Unveiling the Magic. We've packed our trunks and boarded the Hogwarts Express with our new besties, Harry and Ron. We also get to see which house everyone is sorted in. We're discussing chapters six and seven of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. My name is Laura. I'm Joni. And I'm Priscilla. And we are drinking wine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are drinking wine tonight.
0: I wish. Oh yeah. Joni's Two of us are. Joni's
1: drinking her Utah wine. Is that what you called it? Yeah. That's it's just soda. I feel like if anyone knows Utah, they probably know what that means or something, maybe. I don't know.
0: It's a very dry state. Getting wine is hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: if I drank Coca-Cola at 11 o'clock at night, I would never sleep.
1: Oh, I remember Laura on Coca-Cola <laughs> at night.
2: <laughs> it's not 11 for me. It's only 9. Oh, that's so. true. I but yeah. I will probably be up pretty late. Oh, well. That's okay. Oh,
0: well. But yes, we decided to have... Some wine and snacks because we are talking about the Hogwarts feast.
1: Yes! So we decided, you know, it makes sense if we also feast.
0: To celebrate. It's yeah. also Friday. Yes, it Yay. is Friday.
1: <laughs> so we don't have to be up early tomorrow. <laughs> nope. By we, do. I'm. Oh. <laughs> Uh, By we, I mean the people that do not have toddlers or an early wake-up call for work tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow, two strikes against Joni: no wine, and has to be up early. (laughs) I'm living a sad life right now.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Your life is great. Yeah. So, I got the beginning of Chapter 6, which is Platforms 9 and 3 Quarters. So we left off at the train station as Hagrid gave Harry his ticket to King's Cross for September 1st. So now that means Harry has had to spend a whole month with the Dursleys after all the news and the pigtail. He had to sit with them for a whole month. The environment was drastically different now. They weren't talking or even looking at him. Though, it's, though it sometimes felt like an improvement, Harry admitted that it was kind of depressing. And I wrote that we aren't really meant to be loners. I may be perfectly happy being a homebody, but with 2020, I realized that I still enjoy seeing people. Yeah, um, same. So to occupy his time, he had a lot of reading to do. He read his textbooks and even found a name for his snowy white owl, Hedwig. He found that in a textbook called A History of Magic. On the last day of August, Harry knew he would have to talk to his uncle. He needed a ride to King's Cross. When asked where Hogwarts was, Harry replied that he didn't know, but from his ticket, he will be taking a train from Platform's 9 and 3 quarters. And Uncle Vernon was like, stop being silly. What do you mean? Um, And he was like, no, it says 9 and 3 quarters. And Uncle Vernon, in disbelief, said, from the book, Barking, howling mad, the lot of them, you'll see. You just wait. All right, we'll take you to King's Cross. We're going to London tomorrow anyways, or I wouldn't bother. When Harry asked why they need to go to London, Uncle Vernon responds with, They need to get the rid of the ruddy tail before Dudley starts smelting. The next morning, Harry is so excited he wakes up early and he couldn't go back to sleep. So he gets, gathers up all his things, goes over his checklist again, and then the Dursleys and Harry load up into the car and Uncle Vernon even pushes Harry's trunk on a trolley for him at King's Cross. Uncle Vernon thinks this is funny, seeing that there isn't a platform nine and three quarters. And I think in the book, it even said that he had like this
1: evil grin because he was just like, It's like he was almost excited to uh, see that Harry was wrong.
2: Okay, but here's my thoughts. So Petunia's with them, right? Like, they say the Dursleys.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it said all the, the, and they were taking Dudley, so obviously he had to be there too.
2: So Petunia witnessed her sister go to school. I thought about that, too.
1: What if she wasn't there, though, or something, and she just yeah. didn't want to be a part of it because she was so pissed about it? Yeah, yeah
2: but so I, I feel like her Lily knowing. would mention it. I mean, she lives with her sister, so Lily would say something. About like, nine and three quarters, going to yeah. Going nine and three quarters or something like that. Yeah.
0: Like, you have to go through the wall. How exciting. Yeah. As she a kid, s- you would definitely, like, say something. Yeah.
2: Even if your siblings have a bad relationship.
0: Yeah. Either that's a plot hole, or we could say maybe Petunia has been so jealous and full of so hatred, hatred for this song, yeah. yeah, for this whole thing that she's kind of just blocked it out of her mind, and like details like that she just can't remember. Or she I decides
1: she doesn't want to say anything. Yeah. Or to yeah. Make Harry's. Life that's true because.
0: This is not really a big spoiler, but later on, like, whenever things happen and she may know about, she doesn't really want to say it because she doesn't want Uncle Vernon to, like, be upset or be like, how do you know this? And question her about it. Right. Even though that's her sister, so of course she knows some stuff. So Uncle Vernon thinks that this is funny, seeing that there isn't a platform nine and three quarters. Your platform, he says, should be somewhere in the middle. And he just leaves Harry. I mean, he wasn't wrong. No, (laughs) yeah. With no help from the Dursleys or an annoyed guard at the station, Harry was trying not to panic. And so Hagrid must have forgotten to tell him how to get onto a platform. Was it like getting onto Diagon Alley? Did he have to tap a few bricks with a wand? Then he heard the word muggles, and it came from a plump woman with flaming red hair. Hmm. Which we all know is Mrs. Weasley. We love Mrs. Weasley. We do. She was accompanied by four boys and a young girl. Harry goes toward them as the family gathers to board the platform. Harry sees the oldest boy of the bunch march toward the wall between platform 9 and 10, then vanish. Ooh. Harry approaches the woman, and she could tell that Harry is probably a first-year like her son, Ron. She tells him how to get on the platform and suggests to run if he's nervous. Harry runs toward the wall, waiting for a crash, but it doesn't come. Instead, he is greeted by a scarlet steam engine, packed with chatting people, cats of every color, and hooting owls. Harry boards the train and finds an empty compartment. A pair of twins help Harry put up his stuff, which is Fred and George. Yay! And they instantly knew who he was. The twins get off the train to say goodbye to their mom, and Harry overhears the family's goodbye interaction. The twins also tell their mom that they met the Harry Potter. Ooh. And their little sister gets really excited. She's like, oh, I want to see him. I want to meet him. And their mom asks, like, are you sure it's Harry Potter? And she was like, I think, he like, I could tell he was by himself. But she also tells them not to bother Harry with any questions, like of, you know, who and his scar. And I just put that I felt like this was a good conversation for Harry and the readers to hear because it gives us a glimpse of how Harry is viewed in the wizarding world. which you kind of understood that when, in the first chapter, McGonagall and Dumbledore were protecting him from this, and at least growing up with this. And then when he goes to Diagon Alley, everyone wants to shake his hand. And they're like, oh, my gosh. So they like, seem to know more about him than he does. So I just really like that moment. Also, from the whole interaction, you see that the twins are the jokesters of the bunch. Ron joins Harry in his compartment and blurts out in Ron's fashion. Are you really Harry <laughs> Potter? And I was like, classic Ron. The future Hermione you would just glare at him. Harry shows him his scar and the <laughs> sentence, I said, Harry shows him his scar in the chat and uh, the two chat about that. Harry learns a bit about Ron's family. They are a big family, but they don't come from a lot of money. Mrs. Weasley's, uh, Mrs., for example, Mrs. Weasley packs his lunch for Ron and Ron has hand-me-down robes. He has a hand-me-down wand. He even has a rat that used to be, I believe it was Percy's. But Harry didn't think any of this was something to be ashamed of. He grew up with the Dursleys, and he's had Dudley's hand-me-downs his whole life. Ron gasps when Harry says Voldemort's name on accident, and Harry tells him it's not because he's brave, it's because he forgets. He didn't know. He didn't grow up afraid of the name, um, and he didn't grow up knowing that he shouldn't say it. Ron assures him that Harry will not be the only kid who knows practically nothing of the wizarding world, there are plenty of kids from muggle families at Hogwarts as well. The trolley comes and Harry, oh no, and Ron has his sandwich. So Harry pretty much says, like from the movie, we'll take the lot. There's so many goodies that he's never seen before so he didn't want to miss a thing. Harry and Ron enjoy their time eating and this is where Ron educates Harry in the world of wizarding snacking. Harry felt good to sitting there eating with a new friend. Ron then tells him a little bit about chocolate frogs. Each one has a collector card of a famous witch or wizard. Harry's first frog had a card with Albus Dumbledore. I'm going to grab my illustrated book. Ooh, fancy. So, Albus Dumbledore's card says he is currently headmaster of Hogwarts, considered by many the greatest wizard of modern times, Professor Dumbledore is particularly famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945, for the discovery of the Twelve Uses of Dragon's Blood, and his work on alchemy with his partner, Nicholas Flamel. Or Professor Dumbledore enjo- <laughs> Or Flamel. <laughs> Professor Dumbledore enjoys chamber music and ten-pin bowling.
1: Oh, he sounds exciting. Cool. Well,
0: Albus disappears from his cart. What is happening?
1: I know, I thought that was crazy. I'm like, (laughs) oh, so there's like a living photo, pretty much.
0: Yeah. This is where Harry learns that people can move from their portraits in the wizarding world. And Ron learns that in the muggle world, they do not. Ron's like, weird. Boring. (laughs) Boring. But the next treat up is Bertie Bot's Every Flavored Bean. Hold on, she needed more
2: wine.
1: Yeah, I, sorry, I had to. Refill. <laughs> I did not realize how close I was to my part, and I had to pour more wine, so I muted myself. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, did you pour? Here I am. I did. I did. Um, okay, so this me. What did, we what did we say? Oh, Birdie Bots every flavor of beans. Yes. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm a little flustered. Okay, <laughs> don't be flustered. All right. So when apparently when they say every flavor, they mean every flavor. That's what Ron says. Mm -hmm. So you can get an ordinary one like peppermint or marmalade, or you can get something not so ordinary like spinach, liver or booger, which sounds delicious. (laughs) Ron ended up with uh, a sprouts flavored one on his first try. Harry got lucky with most of his. I think he I don't remember which one that he didn't like. Uh, but he got one out of all the ones he ate that weren't so good. So they begin flying past the countryside into the woods, twisting rivers and dark green hills. So at this point, it's kind of showing the transition of like regular pretty views into something more. I don't want to say dark, but like magical and different. Mm, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So there's a knock at their door of their, compa- their compartment that they're in. And it's a boy. That Harry had seen on the platform. He looks very distraught and he asks if they've seen a toad. He's disappointed to find out that Ron and Harry were no help. We, let her, we later learn that this is Neville. Ron doesn't see the big deal. Mind you, I brought scabbers so I can't talk. Scabbers is Ron's rat that he brought along with him. He mentions how frustrated he is with Skyward and how he's even tried to make him look more interesting by turning him yellow, but it hasn't worked. He starts to show Harry the spell he attempted when all of a sudden the compartment door opens again and it's a girl with the toadless boy, who's Neville. She's already wearing the Hogwarts robe and with a bossy sort of voice asks if they've seen the toad. Ron, who's like seemingly annoyed, answers that they've already told him they hadn't. We learn this is Hermione. This Hermione. is when they're introduced. She notices that they're doing magic and invites herself to observe. Ron attempts his spell, and I would like to read his spell specifically from the book. Sunshine daisies butter mellow, turn the stupid fat rat yellow. <laughs> so that's Ron's. Oh, I guess it's uh fred's spell yes. that he gave
0: ron Fred told him that this is a spell that he can use to turn scabbers yellow
1: okay well yeah apparently hermione is not impressed and uh basically tells them she's learned some simple spells here and there a little bit of a humble brag i guess if we can consider <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hermione bumble at all she introduces herself officially hermione granger when Ron and Harry introduce themselves, she's so- she's very shocked to have met Harry and mentions she's read about him in some of the books, which Harry is very interested to find out because at like Laura was mentioning he's to him, he's someone that grew up, you know, very much the black sheep, mm-hmm. not someone that's very interesting at all and all of these people in this magical world know about him. He's literally in magical books, which is crazy. Yeah. And there's this girl sitting in front of him saying she's read about him. I think the, to me, I'd be like, what? You know, it's just like, you know, so much about me. What did
0: you read about me?
1: I know, right? I'd be, I'd be like, can I, I see? I could probably read about me. <laughs> I know. Can, can you teach me about me? Exactly. I know nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. So then she asked them, which I think is a very interesting conversation, um, if they know what houses they will be sorted into. She mentions Gryffindor sounds to be the best. Apparently, Dumbledore himself was in this house, but Ravenclaw wouldn't be so bad. So, again, this is a point where the reader kind of makes – I feel like they're forced to kind of think Gryffindor.
2: Yeah. They created a ranking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, here, Gryffindor is first. Ravenclaw is second. (laughs) Um, Apparently, according to this conversation, um, she leaves to continue looking for the toad. And Ron says, whatever house I'm in, I hope she's not in it. Which is interesting because I feel like that's her. I feel like um, J.K. Rowling was just like, I'm just going to put this in there. They're definitely going to be in the same house, you know? Yeah. We find out Ron's brothers and mom and dad were all House Gryffindor or are. Some of them are still. And he mentions he would not want Slytherin. So this kind of shows that Slytherin is kind of at the bottom because you know who was in it. We find out that someone tried to rob a high security vault in Gringotts. I guess this is kind of the conversation that is led into talking about Gringotts. Because um, this is when Ron talks about this story of someone w- wanting to rob the high security vault. And he mentions you know who may be involved. And this idea makes Harry a bit uneasy.
0: I forgot that this happens like this. I think yeah. like it happens like the movie where like Hermione's over there, like I don't know if she's in the conversation or she's just over e- eavesdropping, but like they find out at the table. Yeah it actually happens on the train.
1: Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was on the train and uh Harry kind of starts thinking because if we look back to the chapters before Hagrid and Harry went to that vault. It was like a Mm -hmm. high security vault that only the goblin can open and all that good stuff. So, Conversation keeps going and Ron kind of asks or mentions Quidditch and Harry looks very confused and Ron basically is like, you don't know what it is and he teaches him all about it and then there is another, I don't know if it was a knock, I feel knowing, but knowing Draco, it was not a knock. And probably just Barged in. Yes, he probably barged into their compartment, and that is when we meet Draco, Crab, and Goyle. And they have a not-so-pleasant encounter with the boys. Basically, they bully them. I think Mm -hmm. at first, Draco approached Harry, maybe wanting to create a a friendship of some sorts. But he basically saw Ron, and he mentioned something like, oh, all the Weasleys have red hair, and... You're obviously wearing hammy down, so you must Mm -hmm. be a Weasley and says something like that. Very mean, very bully like. And he kind of says to Harry, you know, you better watch who you become friends with. You really want to pick wisely or choose wisely. And Harry says something to the to him. He's like, I wish I could. I'm sorry. I should have written down the pages, but he's basically I feel like I can make the decision myself. Mm hmm. Anyways, something happens. They break, ki- they kind of break out into this. Um, I don't want to say fight, but ultimately, Scabbers, which is Ron's rat, bites <laughs> Crab on the finger and basically ends the whole thing. Scabbers ends up being thrown up against the wall. The boys run away, and Hermione shows up. And she's basically oh, yeah. like, What's going on? What are you guys doing? And she's like, you know, if you guys are already fighting, you guys are already going to get expelled. It's a very Hermione-like thing to say. And that's basically that encounter. And we, we meet Draco, which what I forgot to say is Harry has already met him. At this point, Ron kind of notices that Harry recognizes Draco and asks harry you've already met him he's like yeah once in diagon alley this was the guy or the kid that he met was it at the robe shop i believe yes yeah so he kind of puts two and two together and there we have that so they finally arrive and we get to see our fave hagrid again he's gathering all of the first years together
0: i love that he has this job every year
1: does he have it every year mm-hmm. oh They followed him down a narrow path, and the narrow path opened suddenly onto the edge of a great black lake, perched atop a high mountain on the other side, its windows sparkling in the starry sky, was a vast castle with many turrets and towers. So I took that from the book because I thought that that was a very magical moment, Mm because if you kind of envision... These first year students going to Hogwarts and being super excited, and then all of a sudden seeing like this beautiful castle at the end of this lake. I, I don't know. I feel like for me, that was a really magical moment.
0: Just like yeah, in like, the movie, it was good too.
1: Yeah. It was it's
0: pretty iconic.
1: Yeah. They got into a boat and that took them towards the castle. And at this point, Hagrid finds Neville's toad. We find out that Neville's toad name is Trevor, which Trevor. made me think of Laura because Laura's dog's name is Trevor. Is he in there with you?
0: Yeah, he's sleeping.
1: Oh. So fun fact, I don't know if you guys remember, but Laura named her dog after Neville's toad. So we find him here finally. He's, all, he's safe and sound, so we're all good. They reach the castle door, and after Hagrid knocks three times, we meet Professor McGonagall again. Hagrid hands the first years off to her. They follow her, and she showed them into a small empty chamber off the hall, which is, I believe, off the Great Hall, which is where everything's going to happen. She welcomed them to Hogwarts and explained that the start of the term banquet would begin shortly. But before that, they had to be sorted into their houses, which is the fun part.
0: Yeah.
1: This is directly from the book, but the four houses are called Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin. Each house has its own noble history, and each has produced outstanding witches and wizards. While you're at Hogwarts, your triumphs will earn your house points, while any rule-breaking will lose house points. At the end of the year, the house with the most points is awarded the House Cup, a great honor. I hope each of you will be a credit to whichever house becomes yours. So that's basically what she tells the students. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> She said she'd return when she's ready for them. So basically, they're just left here, a big group of first-year students, kind of wondering what's going on, how will they be sorted? They kind of start talking amongst themselves. Is it a test? Uh, there's rumors that have been said. Harry was certainly not ready for a test, so he kind of gets a little anxious, especially in front of the host school. He knows no magic at all. Then something happened that made him jump. About 20 ghosts, appeared from the back wall. When the ghosts noticed the students, they were kind of I guess the ghosts were like conversating amongst themselves. They kind of just flew by the students and then they're like, "Oh, what are you guys doing here?" <laughs> they realized they were first years and then they mentioned, "Oh, they're probably getting sorted." And the ghosts kind of keep talking amongst themselves mentioning their old houses, and that's when Professor McGonagall shows up again, shoos the ghosts away, and tells them they're ready for them. So as they enter in, Harry is amazed by the hall. It has thousands and thousands of candles floating midair, and the ceiling has been bewitched to look like it was the actual sky outside, which I think is beautiful.
0: Yeah, that's really cool.
1: Harry looked down towards the professor while she silently placed a four-legged stool in front of the first years, and on top of it was a pointed wizard's hat. This hat was patched and frayed and extremely dirty, which the book also mentions that it was like Aunt Petunia would have never let the hat (laughs) in the house. Like that's how dirty this hat was. And it makes me think like how many hats or how many heads has this hat been put on? It's just insane to me. I'm like, surely magic could have made the hat like pretty, but I guess that's the magic of it. I think
2: the true charm of Hogwarts is the rusticness. Yes. And tradition. Yeah, pretty much. I agree. And the tear has a purpose, as we're about to find out. Yeah. Okay, so, as I said, the tear actually has a purpose. Everyone was staring at the hat. It twitched, and a rip by the brim of the hat began to sing. Hold on (laughs) while I pull this up. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I end up with this part? <laughs> okay, here we go. I got this. You got it? Oh, you may think I'm pretty, but don't judge what you see. I'll eat myself if you can find a smarter hat than me. You can keep your bowlers black and your top hats sleek and tall, for I'm the Hogwarts sorting hat, and I can cap them all. There's nothing hidden in your head the sorting hat can't see. So try me on, and I will tell you where you ought to be. You might belong in Gryffindor, where dwell the brave at heart. Their daring nerve and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. You might belong to Hufflepuff, where they are just and loyal. Those patient Hufflepuffs are true and unafraid of toil. Or yet in wise old (laughs) Gryff- Or yet in wise old Ravenclaw, if you've a ready mind, for those of wit and learning will always find their kind. Or perhaps in Slytherin, you'll make your real friends. Those cunning folk use any means to achieve their ends. So put me on. Don't be afraid. Don't get in a flap. You're in safe hands, though I have none, for I'm a thinking cap.
0: Wood. Met with applause. What a great song! Excitement. Yeah, I did like that one. There is a noticeable relief
2: among the first years when they realize all they need to do is put on a hat. Ron is especially relieved because he was so- told by good old Fred. <laughs> that he had to wrestle to a troll, <laughs> which I find interesting because that feels like a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. I think so. For Halloween. Um, one by one, the students begin to put their hats on, put the hat on, and are sorted into their house. Some notable sortings before they, before Harry goes up are Hermione and Neville get sorted into, Dra- into <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> and then Draco, Crab, and Goyle. Get sorted into Slytherin, and nobody that we care about gets sorted into Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. I know.
1: <laughs> I noticed that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then it's Harry's turn. McGonagall calls his name, and the entire Great Hall broke into whispers. Potter. Potter? My God, it's Potter. I'm a- <laughs> My Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> When he sat on the stool, he was faced with everybody craning their necks to get a good look at the famous Harry Potter. Wonderful acting. Thank you. <laughs> this should be a video podcast. It should. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the hat fell into fell onto his head and over his eyes, and he heard the soft voice of the hat in his ear. The hat began to deliberate, basically between Slytherin and Gryffindor. Harry immediately pleaded... Not Slytherin. Not Slytherin. And though the hat did think Slytherin would fit well with Harry, he ultimately, he, I don't know, if it ultimately agreed. <laughs> wow, you're giving the hat a gender? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's got a male voice in the movies. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> it ultimately um, agreed with Harry and shouted, Gryffindor. What? <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Gryffindor. Gryffindor That's cheer. The in
0: the house.
2: <laughs> the Gryffindor table was ecstatic, cheering very loudly, the Weasley twins dancing and shouting, we got Potter. We, we got, got Potter. Potter. We got Potter. They actually do that in the movie, and I found that really cute. Harry sat with, sat with his house, and Ron came to join him and Gryffindor quickly after. Cause he got sorted. If that didn't make any sense, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just gonna follow uh, <laughs> Harry. I know, right? I don't know what I was I'm saying. Like, come on, you don't even need to sort me. Everybody else has been. Grif- Everyone in my family is Gryffindor. Yeah. Dumbledore then addressed the crowd once the sorting was finished, cueing dinner with an elegant speech of nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. A grand feast suddenly appears before them, mm. with any and all food Harry could imagine. Yeah, and Harry thinks to himself, though he has never starved at his aunt and uncles, he can never as eat as much as he would like. So Harry has never been full. Mm. Like, how sad is that? That's sad. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. So like,
0: he had food, but he was never fully satisfied. Yeah. And if there was anything good, you know Dudley was taking it all.
2: Ugh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dudley. Okay. The feast gave an ample opportunity to meet fellow Gryffindors. Percy, Ron's brother, older brother, the prefect, and Seamus. (laughs) The perfect. The perfect prefect, Percy. Seamus, a fellow first year and nearly headless Nick, the Gryffindor ghost. He also noticed the staff table, where he noticed... Professor Quirrell, he had his turban on, talking with the man with black greasy hair and a hooked nose. In an odd moment, the man looked at Harry, and and in the exact moment, their eyes locked, Harry felt a sharp pain in his scar. It happened so fast, he chose to ignore it, but he did ask Percy about the man. Percy explained that he was Professor Snape, the potions teacher, but he was also known to to have been chasing the job of defense against the dark arts for years hmm. curious why does he curious. like the dark arts curious <laughs> Sounds the, <sketchy>. fe- <laughs> uh, the feast soon ended all the pl- and all the plates emptied themselves and dumbledore addressed the room once again this time with a little more words he warned the first years that the forest is forbidden and that magic is not allowed in the halls and that the quit and when the quidditch tryouts would take place. Most importantly, he did warn that the third floor care corridor is out of bounds to everybody who does not wish to die a very painful death. I forgot about that line. I mean, Harry thought it was a joke at first, but then like Percy straightened him out. Mm, so, yeah, um, Dumbledore then closed the speech and asked the room to join him in singing the school song. He magicked the lyrics into the air and told everybody to sing within their preferred tune. Okay, Joni, oh. so
1: now you have to just sing within your preferred tune, okay?
2: Okay, it's a f- It's not much of a tune. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the song. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, hoggy warty Hogwarts, teach us something, please. Whether we be old and bald or young with scabby knees, our heads could do with filling with some interesting stuff, for now we for now they're bare and full of air, dead flies and bit, bits of fluff. So teach us things worth knowing, bring back what we forgot, just do your best, we'll do the rest, and learn until our bre- brains all rot. <laughs> Commendable.
1: Yay, that was a good tune. <laughs> Was it a tune? I don't think it was. <laughs> I mean, who defines tune, you know? Musicians?
0: <laughs> like poetry.
1: Yeah, you can go with that.
2: It's like Snaps. I was reading it to my child. <laughs> That's the only convenient thing about these songs is that I I'm better at reading it reading out loud in rhyme now because every children's book is rhyme.
1: Oh. You true. you should read those to to him before bed. Read him the songs. <laughs>
2: We're like, what are you saying, mom?
1: (laughs) Okay. So they all
2: finished the songs at different times. Once the last person, but mainly persons, because it was the Weasley twins, again, uh, finished, they were released. The The Ickle firsties Firsties (laughs) followed Percy the Prefect towards the Gryffindor common room, running into peeves once again. But he
1: was, oh wait, we didn't talk about peeves. (laughs) Oh, no. that's my bad. I didn't mention Peeves very much, but we can talk about him. Peeves is the poltergeist of the school, um,
2: and he was – I don't know what he was trying to do in Priscilla's section, but he was doing something. Well,
1: they were talking about him. They were kind of upset with him in my book. I think that's the that oh. Yeah, that's so what you they – not even see him. That's what they entered into the room talking about. Hold on. I got you, guys. I got you. Hold on. You know what it is? I've read too many of these books. yeah i think
2: that i like in my head they already encountered peeps this is why i should have read the entire section and not just mine
0: okay i know this time i didn't
1: so back in uh page 115 about 20 ghosts had just streamed through the back wall Curly white and slightly transparent, they glided across the room talking to one another and hardly glancing at the first years. They seemed to be arguing what looked like a fat little monk was saying, (laughs) forgive and forget, I say, we ought to give him a second chance. My dear friar, haven't we given Peeves all the chances he deserves? He gives us all a bad name and you know, he's not really even a ghost. And that's when they notice the first years. But yeah, that's all we know about Peeves at that point. We don't even actually meet Peeves, but they're just okay. kind of talking about him when we meet the ghost for the first time.
2: Okay, so this is their actual first encounter with Peeves. He yeah. is the poltergeist. So, um uh, one special thing about poltergeists is that they can actually interact with actual items um as opposed to an actual ghost who can't like hold things. And so he had I think he had like a bunch of canes. And he was trying to, like, throw them at the students. What? (laughs) Rude. Am I wrong? (laughs) Hold on. No, I just said what because that sounds crazy.
1: This peeve sounds.
2: Yeah, he had a a bundle of walking sticks and was floating in midair ahead of them. And I guess he wasn't trying, like, he didn't, they didn't say that he was trying to throw them at them, but, like, I would assume (laughs) that's what he was going to do. Yeah. Percy then threatens peeves with the Bloody Baron. The Bloody Baron is the Slytherin's ghost and the only person, ghost, um, that can really control Peeves. After shooing away Peeves, they were led up the castle to a painting of a very fat lady in a silk dress. She asked for a password, and Percy replied with Capit Draconis. The portrait swung open to reveal a hole in the wall that they all climbed through to see their common room. It was a cozy room full of squashy armchairs lit by a fireplace. My kind of place. Sounds cozy.
1: I'd like (laughs) to hang out there.
2: They were led to two staircases, one leading to the girls' dorms, the other to the boys. The first year boys found their dorm. It had five four-poster beds for each of them, and all of their things were waiting for them. So they then just settled in and went to bed. But Harry had a weird dream because he's Harry. And Harry dreamt that Quirrell's turban was on his head and telling him that he needed to be in Slytherin, that it was his destiny. When Harry said no, the turban got heavier and heavier and he could not pull it off. On the sidelines, Malfoy was laughing at his struggle. But then Malfoy turned into Stape, who was still laughing at his struggle. But then it all ended quickly with a green flash of light harry woke up with like sweat and everything but then he quickly fell back to sleep with no memory of it when he woke up the next morning
0: very interesting very interesting. the malfoy part i mean i kind of get because obviously malfoy ends up being a terror for harry and so does snape but i do think the turban part is interesting
1: Now that I know the end of this book, I definitely think now hearing Joni talk about this part, because I had forgotten this, this specific part, because it's so early in the book that I'm just like, wow, it was right there in my face. Yeah. Now, if you guys have been listening from the first episode, you hear me very confidently say that (laughs) Snape is, is the bad guy in this book. So I definitely fell for that, but- yeah it's I interesting think now did, that i see this even yeah. though
0: clearly she puts it that this
1: turban oh my gosh yeah she's clearly putting it in there because she he's dreaming that Krull's turban was on his head tell-
0: yeah basically telling him, telling him. Slytherin.
1: yeah oh my gosh <laughs> It just had like an epiphany <laughs> she's literally saying it right there <laughs> Wow.
0: Oh, don't you love it? And that it's happens. written
2: off because it literally, that passage gets like, it started off by saying, like, maybe Harry just ate too much because yeah. his dream was weird. Yeah. And then, like, it's never talked about ever again. Yeah.
1: I see you, JK. I see you. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, that was. We unpacked a lot. So, my question was I actually wrote
0: this last episode. How do you think the Dursleys explained? A pigtail removal to the doctor.
1: For real, I was thinking that when you were reading, when you were talking about it, when he said, we're going to London to get this sorted out or this pigtail removed before he starts school, and I'm like, how? Like, what are you going to say to these people? It's just a tag. What are you talking about? <laughs> a long,
0: hairy, curly tag.
2: <laughs> they probably just say like, oh, it's like a weird wart. I don't know. But do you think... That this doctor like made like some form of medical journal journal exactly about- that's what I'm saying oh, like yeah. this would be
1: big news, or you could you could go down the road of Petunia hating magic or the Dursley hating magic but them still going to London to find magic that would get rid of the tail without actually talking to like Muggles about it maybe you know or they just went to
0: like I mean I, don't, I like
2: still don't see them having a black market kind of person.
1: Oh, yeah, a sketchy place <laughs> maybe. I could see yeah, that. Yeah, but I feel like in a black market like dark magic would still be there. Yeah,
0: True. Maybe. I can see that. Okay. So, maybe the ministry knows about this, right? And so they infiltrated a doctor's office or a sketchy place that they went and it's really wizards taking care of it. Exactly.
2: That could be it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The wizards know all. I know. So the wizards, in order to, like, make sure it doesn't get out, yeah, they, like you said, infiltrate a place and handle it, and the Darcy's probably don't even know.
0: Yes. That works. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why I didn't think of that until now. It took the, it took the <laughs> three of us communicating. We just it. needed a brainstorming <laughs> yeah. session right there. Okay. So talking about our personalities, I feel like we're actually kind of similar. But if you're Harry and you know nobody on this train, you know no one going into Hogwarts and you're like with your luggage, kind of like in an airplane. (laughs) Because I get really like, even though I know exactly what seat I'm assigned to, like I don't like the pressure of getting to my seat. And I feel like that is a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Priscilla knows this very well as a flight attendant. She could probably see the fear in people's eyes.
1: Yes, I do. I feel so bad. It's so simple. It's very simple process.
0: <laughs> this it has is. never been an issue
1: for me. What?
2: I I am a very linear person. Tell me where to sit and I will sit. That's not the issue. I also feel like- If you don't tell me where to sit, then I don't know what to do. <laughs> I oh, do yeah.
1: not think that. Like is. if you're flying, maybe if you're flying like an airline that doesn't assign you a seat and then you kind of have to pick where you sit. I feel like Southwest yeah, is like that. Then I
0: would flounder. Oh. <laughs> no i already get stressed out but i was saying so if you don't know anyone are you the type of person to find an empty compartment or do you think you're the type of person that will you know be like hey can i sit with you guys
1: no empty (laughs) 100 percent empty i I let you come to me yeah, I would yeah. yeah I would wait for people to come to me and say "Hi, hey, how are you this is uh, my name is so so and I'm like okay friends <laughs> even though I could have yes. gone after them but I'm just not that person I I'm yeah I'm finding an empty compartment and I'm gonna sit there until someone wants to be my friend even though I make absolutely no effort for them <laughs> to be my friend yes I'm the same way like that is way too much pressure
0: I could I can't No.
2: Do you know how much of a struggle it is for me to find friends because all of my friends move, yes. like in my area. Same thing. To where, literally, I've had to tell my neighbors, "I'm like, you have to yank me out of my house because I won't ask to come to your house because I'm gonna think I'm bothering you." Oh. <laughs> <Aww. laughs> so our my neighbor very literally Hufflepuff. had to offer me, <laughs> very much had to offer me to like be like, "Hey, do you and um." do you and Roxas want to come play with us she had to do that like 10 times before she's like just come (laughs) (laughs) like like, maybe
1: (laughs) I don't want to bother you (laughs) oh yeah yeah. I definitely would find the empty one I feel like all of us all three of us probably would are like that
2: yeah I'll just read that's what I would do yes
1: I would
0: now oh, I Hermione. would, now that I
1: have the Harry po- – ooh, could you imagine me reading the Harry Potter books on a Hogwarts <laughs> Express?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely be – I just recently watched this episode, but Rory just goes to lunch, like, at the, her lunch table. She just goes to read. And they're like, you need to interact with people. And she's like, but I just I just want a time to read a book. I don't need really to oh, socialize yeah. with people.
1: You are very much like Rory, Laura. <laughs> you are i love rory (laughs) i do too but she you and her are very much like that
2: i always carried a book and anytime like a teacher would be like oh you have free time book
1: immediately came out yeah i I wasn't like that in high school (laughs) i was not (laughs) well i don't even remember when i did i i feel like i had i i would always have someone or else i would be like I'm a very much people pleaser, so I feel like if people didn't want to, like, hang out with me, I would then feel really, really bad. Mm -hmm. That's just how I am. I probably would avoid having free time (laughs) for that very reason.
0: Just do homework. I did that too. Yeah. Okay. What would you order off the trolley? I think Mm -hmm. I wrote down the options. Yeah, the options, at least in the first year, was Birdie Bot's, Droobles Best Blowing Gum, Chocolate Frogs. Pumpkin pasties. Did I say that right? Pasties, right? I think so. Or pasties. Pasties. That's how Cho says it. Oh, yeah. Cho. In the movie. I'm Cho. Hi, Harry. Um, Cauldron cakes or licorice wands.
2: Oh, I'd probably do the Drubles and the cauldron cakes.
1: Are the chocolate frogs actual frogs? No, they're chocolate, but they they jump
0: around. No. so I I thought they did jump around. And the book says nothing about that at least um, that's
1: true bucket. in the movie they jump around yeah so i would do chocolate frogs as you know chocolate is my thing i love chocolate so much i would pick chocolate candy over anything
2: i just really like cake i brought my
1: <laughs> is that a chocolate frog
0: it's the box the frog has been long gone
1: oh uh, was it is good that from is that from we went
0: yes this is from the from universal well actually it was islands of adventure when me and Joni went in like 2010 was it good nine. so no it was chocolate. i don't know if it's cheap chocolate Yes, it's cheap chocolate it doesn't taste that great how it's dare pretty, they yeah it's a pretty decent sized chocolate rock though like it's but
2: ours was also melted by the time we got it not because of our an, fun
0: experience oh god it wasn't totally melted
1: what are you eating oh. right now, Joni? It looks very good.
0: Milano's. Oh, Milano Milano's. cookies!
1: I love Milano double cookies. Dark chocolate. Oh my gosh!
2: They're the best ones ever. So good.
1: And oh, they're uh, quiet. I love the Ish. double frog. <laughs> There's not a lot of crunch going on there.
0: Yeah, they're not like pita chips, Laura. <laughs> um, but my chocolate frog that I got, I have Helga Hufflepuff, and it's Aww. like a holographic. One of the four celebrated founders of Hogwarts, Hufflepuff was particularly famous for her dexterity, right? Yeah, dexterity at food related charms. Many recipes oh, yeah. traditionally served at Hogwarts feast originated with Hufflepuff.
1: That's so me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah,
1: I would definitely pick a chocolate frog. That, I do. I, like oh, speaking jelly beans. of the Yeah, I was just gonna talk. Have you guys ever tasted those jelly beans that are like every flavor pretty much? the bamboozle like the bean
2: boozle one? yeah
1: the bean boozle one
2: yeah i did it in college i didn't have fun no and i was drinking it was not a good combo uh,
1: it wasn't i did this did the bean boozle challenge where you put like a certain amount in front of you and i forget what the challenge <laughs> was but it was disgusting because i you ended up totally with like a that. vomit one
0: yes i had one of those and it tasted exactly a vomit one like yes
1: and you would think like how do i know what vomit tastes like or how do i know like a, what a rotten egg tastes like and, and, you're, and you're like
0: yeah that tasted. it
1: yep you're like because all your senses are like your 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 smell and your taste it's like all in the same you know
0: yeah
2: your sinus i feel like the bean boozles were inspired by that yeah I because so. they had them at the park before the actual occasionally product. Find, yeah before the actual product came out and then jelly belly had those interesting so gross
0: but no. i never played the game i just had like a pack and i just ate them like i don't know i do you love just eating, ate like... them
1: just to eat them not well, to like... like
0: yeah to try them i spit them out if they were gross and i'm like oh, oh okay well, that's that one's gross
1: <laughs> there was one that was brown that was like a weird dog
0: food i think
1: oh, okay and then there was one that was uh toothpaste and i'm like oh that's not bad it's supposed to be like a bad one but it's like toothpaste is kind of like you kind of taste it every day. Yeah.
2: And the black one, it was like black licorice. Oh, yeah. Or...
1: I don't know what the black other
0: black one was, but it was just like... So it's just bad. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not a fan of licorice. Um, I was reading the notes, and I literally laughed out loud at Joni's question.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. About the lies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joni <Hold> forgot. <laughs> Joni forgot about her
0: question.
2: I LOL, I too. Because I put down the like perfect feast one tonight and then i was like what else did i put down but genuine question <laughs> do you think that there was ever or wherever a lice outbreak due to that sorting like ceremony i f-
1: that feel like in the regular muggle world there probably would be but i feel like magical they don't get lice
0: yeah or i it feel like be if it did happen super it'd be like easy a quick fix. yeah super yeah. easy to fix um it's always funny in the pharmacy you'll have like one parent come in for the lice products and then you're like oh there's an outbreak and literally like the next few days like parents will come in and like looking for the lice products all oh, going in the same crazy. class or the same school it's a little worse
1: but yeah d- there probably was um and if there was it probably handled it pretty quickly
0: madam promfrey's got it
1: my second question was what would be your perfect feast that's a good question honestly when i was um reading about the feast i don't know why i just kept envisioning like really big like have you guys ever seen like those big i don't know why my mind went straight to dessert but Mm. like those big bowls of like all of this ice cream with like Like hot fudge and like yeah like a huge but like a big one like massive you know (laughs) i don't know why my my mind just went straight to that (laughs) Because I'm a huge ice cream dessert person and throw in some brownies and I'm good. Mm. That's a good feast for me. That would be my perfect feast. And I probably if I had to think of like what I would eat for like before dessert, probably something like
0: (laughs) if I have to,
2: (laughs) the before dessert
0: part,
1: (laughs) if I have to eat something other than the huge bowl of ice cream, it would probably be something like, I don't know, like wings, I guess. I really had to. Like some yeah. really good wings. Or ribs. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or steak. Mm. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> All right, what about you guys?
2: <laughs> Mine, honestly, would be so much Filipino food. Oh my gosh. I miss it so much. It I miss lumpia. I want some lumpia, some pancet, some adobo. I made oh, chicken adobo good.
0: the other day. Uh,
2: was it yummy? It
1: was.
0: But wings sound good too. No. Um. And like an array, or array of flavors.
1: Yes, like it has. Yeah, it has to be like all the different like sauces, you know. Like I love chipotle barbecue, or I love honey barbecue too. Garlic parmesan. Mm, that one's
0: good too. And then just like your normal like buffalo. Yeah, that's my favorite.
1: That's we actually had buffalo wings tonight with our pizza, from uh, West Shore um, Pizza. It was good. Uh, oh my gosh, West I miss pizza. West Shore Pizza. We hadn't had it it since uh, you guys, yeah, when you guys came down to Tampa. But yeah, that's the last time we had it. So we had some pizza and wings tonight. Yum. But I always, like, I
0: love, like, a delicious chocolate cake with chocolate frosting. It's like some Nutilda in there.
1: I was just going to (laughs) say, that's what I thought about, too. I'm not a huge cake person, though. I wish I was, but... I will do like a chocolate on chocolate if I if I had to pick.
0: Yeah. I want tiramisu. Mm. mm. I
2: love tiramisu.
0: But as far as food food like before dessert. I mean,
1: I love potatoes. So any mm. kind of potato. Mm, some good like roasted potatoes with like chopped up onions and like seasoned really well. Mm, yeah, like <laughs> rosemary. Yeah. You know
2: what my mind went to? It immediately went to Fiesta potatoes. Oh my I gosh, do
1: that, love they I potatoes. <laughs> that They don't eat. And then they don't serve no. anymore. But didn't they recently say that the potatoes are coming back? Hold on, guys. I, I have to know. do some research real quick. So, Oha was watching a stream and she loves Taco Bell. And she, someone told her the potatoes were back. She's a vegetarian. After brief hi when so was this good. two days ago? After brief hiatus hiatus for menus due to Taco Bell's menu simplifications efforts last year, cheesy fiesta potatoes and the spicy potato soft taco will be back starting March eleventh. <laughs> taco Bell is also teaming up with Beyond Meat to create an innovative new plant-based protein. Okay, we don't care about that. Mm, well no. I, yeah. I that's nice, but I'm really concerned about the cheesy fiesta potatoes coming
2: back. Yeah. Yes. I when I found out they were doing that, I was actually really upset. I'm like, what are the like the potato taco was like a great alternative yes. for vegetarians. The freaking, and so now all
1: they have are beans? Like, yeah. that's so sad. But the Cheesy Fiesta potatoes were the first potato, I guess, selection that I've ever tasted from Taco Bell. I remember back when I was in high school, my brother was in college. He came home for a summer one day. We went to Taco Bell mm-hmm. and he was like i <laughs> was, was like, probably
0: with you because i know yeah, for i think you sure were with it was me. the navarros that introduced me to fiesta potatoes yes and you so I, think I think you were introduced me
2: oh there you go <laughs> so it was <laughs>
1: like here we go here we are and i was like really those are good and he's like yeah you need to try them someone told me at, uh, you know he was in college so i was like of course he's cool he knows things so <laughs> let let me let me try these and they were amazing so yes, Taco Bell is bringing back potatoes. CNN.com says one day ago, March 11th. Yay.
2: How exciting!
1: Actually, I'm it's TacoBell.com said it two days ago, so I feel like I believe them more.: Nice. So they're back, baby. But potatoes are good. That's a good. That's a good choice, Laura. Back to what <laughs> we were talking about.
0: <laughs> oh, and I do love. okay, I have this new love of like vegetables, like like I love I freaking love Brussels sprouts in asparagus okay. johnny has always ate brussels sprouts like her and my mom would make it and i'd be like that just looks not very good and it also smells
1: not very good but now i just like I love asparagus. It. so brussels sprouts yeah. for me i they have to have the sweetness to it because if they don't then i don't like them like for me i have to have the brussels sprouts that like have the little bits of like caramelize something mm-hmm. in there whether it's like yeah. bacon or onions or like some sort of caramelization to it otherwise i don't really like the brussels sprouts yeah. they're too like um bitter to me but i love
2: them crispy
1: yes but I yeah like crispy, crispy like i i do like brussels sprouts i'll eat them anyway but if they're caramelized even better for me like yeah. that's how I'll be. like i love those yeah
0: i guess that's a good meal
1: So a big old plate of Brussels sprouts and uh, potatoes for Laura. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, the unintentional
0: vegetarian. So I thought I wanted something like a cool fact for Priscilla every episode that may not be explained in the books, but has been said either by JK Rowling and explained in detail like... In interviews or her writings on Pottermore and so I thought I would talk about hat stalls since we talked about sorting hat or the sorting ceremony and hat stalls are when it takes more than five minutes for someone to be sorted into a house and there are only two people that we know of from the series that were official hat stalls and one of them we know already is Professor McGonagall the Hat had a hard time determining on whether she should be in Gryffindor or Ravenclaw, and ultimately, we know that she was sorted into Gryffindor. And now she's the head of house as well. We don't know him yet, but we will. Um, Peter Pettigrew was also a hat stall. Um, the Hat was trying to determine if he should be a Slytherin or a Gryffindor, mm. and ultimately, he was sorted into Gryffindor. And that isn't Flitwick a hat stall. Uh, it didn't say on the lexicon, but I I did hear about that, and I thought Hermione was like an almost like the but when reading the book, it actually doesn't really allude to that. Yeah, but it may be something that she has said. JK Rowling has said. So they
2: also have hat stalls in Pottermore or the the oh. sorting quiz that. Oh really? So the hat stalls in Pottermore really is- yeah, you ultimately get to choose between the two houses, and the reason why I know that this is a thing is Kurt was a hat stall.
0: No way. Was he between yeah.
2: what? He was between Slytherin and, and Gryffindor. Oh, and, and you know what Gryffindor. he said?
0: Wow, God, he's, he's like I don't like things. snakes. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>.
0: <laughs> I thought he was gonna say something worse.
1: So we established that David, Kurt, and Phil are all Gryffindors, right? Yes. Yep. Wow, interesting, interesting.
0: I think it's true for all of them. I think they're very Gryffindor.
1: Have you taken the quiz where it's like all of the questions? Yeah,
0: you have, didn't you? Because you got Hufflepuff when you did that the first time. Yes. So when I take all the questions, with maybe Priscilla could take two. We should send you that, that quiz.
1: It's kind of like the... um. What is it called? That test that everyone says I'm a number three and then you're a number seven. What is that?
0: Uh, is it called the Enneagram? I don't know how. S- yeah, the any Enneagram.
1: enneagram. Any, any,
2: en- I don't know. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> I took
1: it and I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what I. What I, I know that I'm like the strong personality, which I think is an eight, which very much fits me. I am a very strong personality. But there, there were like uh, tiers of other numbers yeah. that you were.
2: I know with the Myers-Briggs, I'm the mediator.
0: That's all I know. Really? I think, like, in our family, I'm the mediator.
2: (laughs) I'm the antagonist. Yes. (laughs) Or the instigator,
1: I
0: should say, not antagonist.
1: Yeah, I feel like Laura is definitely a mediator (laughs) in
0: all aspects of her life. In high school, I remember, clearly, Ricardo and Priscilla hated (laughs) venting to me because they just wanted to, like, you know... (laughs) They wanted somebody on their yeah, side, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Well, you know, like you don't know what's going on in their life. You know, maybe they're just having a bad day." And then both Ricardo the and Priscilla be like, "Laura, just no. just stop.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is not what we want right now.
1: This is not about them. This <laughs> is about me. You can reason with me later." <laughs> I think that Laura is uh, has learned not to do that now. Yeah, no. I feel like when I, I vent don't. to now you now, now like... you're just very much like on my side.
0: Well, my thing is everyone deserves to vent and to tell their frustrations on their side. And then I try to be like, okay, like now that we know like what you're frustrated about, let's remember where the other person is coming from. Anyways, therapy with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Oh the other thing, the little special note that I thought of. Um I don't know if this is like actually noted in anything, but something that I have noticed when reading the series, just the many reads that I've had mm-hmm. is that the great hall, how it like emits the sky a lot of the time I mean, it, it is the weather, but I think one thing J.K. Rowling has done throughout most of the series is that you can kind of de- depict the mood of the moment or of the day or of the book with the weather. Throughout the series, she mentions moments of like, oh, the Great Hall was like gray and dreary or something like that, and that'll be kind of like a more serious part. Yeah. Mm. Or Harry's going through something serious. So it's like it's a nice little indicator. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So pay attention to those when you you read about the Great Hall.
1: Interesting.
0: So we meet a lot of people. We do. We meet a lot of people family. We properly introduced to Draco. We found out his name. And Um, his cronies. His cronies. (laughs) Um we
1: meet Hermione, which What did you guys think of Hermione when you first met her in the books? Well, when you first meet her, she's She's annoying. Yes, I don't like her. (laughs) I would be like, get away. (laughs) I'd be just like Ron about her.
2: The thing is, is that I
1: get her. The
2: the way her braid works, I can understand where she's coming from. Because I could see it as she was already exceptionally nerdy before she found out about the this magical world. And then she finds out about this magical world and it's so overwhelming and she has to learn everything about it.
0: Mm-hmm. And she's like kind of testing herself against other students when she's in there like, oh, you can do magic? Like let's see. Yeah. And then I feel like she
2: tries so hard. There's there's the part of her, there's the part of her brain that's literally like, I have to know everything and I have to be the best because she's incredibly competitive.
1: <laughs> And, like, she feels like a failure if she's not the best. I think maybe then, also because she comes from a muggle family, right? Yeah, yeah. she has to prove herself. Yeah.
2: Because she knows nothing and she wants to kind of prove her worth to in this whole new society. Knowing from her personality, I have a feeling she didn't have that many friends to begin with in the muggle world. So I think she just tried too hard in the magical world. To try and be like, this is a new start. I will make yeah. friends.
1: I guess you make a good point, Joni. It comes together. I mean, yeah. It does. She, she finds where she fits. And so she is able to be a little
0: less intense, even though there's still moments. That's a good
1: word. She is a little bit intense. I guess she came on a little too strong yeah. with her personality and her know it all <laughs> Yeah.
2: Have you seen all of Goma Girl's? Priscilla, yes think of her like paris oh my gosh yes.
1: paris
0: because like you hate her you know what you're you right because i
1: did hate her and then i ended up loving paris like I did like, appreciate she, her she's her. the exact kind of
2: personality as a young person she has that personality where it's unbearable <laughs> but as an adult and full-fledged adult you realize i want to be her yeah
1: that's a good point that's a very good point yeah hmm. that's a good parallel i like that yeah it is she's very much like paris i i did end up liking paris very much but yeah so we met
0: we met neville and trevor
1: neville and trevor hi trevor
0: you didn't hear that
1: well it is in your headset so
0: yeah but i said i said trevor
1: oh you said trevor
0: (laughs) and he's right sleeping yeah he's sleeping underneath the desk that's cute And we've already met, as a reader, McGonagall, but Harry finally meets the intenseness of Minerva
1: McGonagall. Yes, he finally meets her. Um, We also meet Nearly
0: Headless Nick, and we find out how he's nearly headless. Mm. How could you be nearly headless? (laughs) Like this. But actually, he's actually pretty offended by the nickname. Who else did we meet? Because I kind of, like, blanked out of your section, Journey. Uh
2: We meet Seamus, and we, like, actually formally
0: meet formally meet Percy. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so it's the next chapter, but we do get mentions of Professor Snape.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we, we don't we, officially we, meet we him, but him. we, like, kind of see him from afar and yeah. talk about him. And uh, we meet, well, we haven't officially met Dumbledore, right, either?
0: Yeah, Harry hasn't. No, we apparently. just know of him
1: peeves peeves okay we do need
0: to talk about peeves because he has no existence in the movies none of the movies show him and i mean he's in every book and he's a menace i wonder why probably Um, too much work to yeah i heard heard that they
2: they casted someone but like at the time that the movies came out what 2000 2001 that first one so it just looked really bad which honestly, in my head, still doesn't really make that much sense because they did nearly had the fine. Yeah, they fine. did all the
0: ghosts all the time.
2: Why so. couldn't they just do it in the same way?
0: Maybe it would be but too, that's too hard I've to differentiate. <laughs> dir- differentiate, yeah, between a ghost and a poltergeist. Uh, do we have a most valuable wizard? Molly. Molly. Oh, yes, she was so sweet, getting everyone ready and getting Harry ready mm-hmm. to go onto the platform.
2: Yeah, and making sure, and just trying to give Harry a little bit of peace before she knows—like she knew—like the moment that he got to school, he wouldn't really get that peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good choice.
0: And most magical moment: seeing Hogwarts. For I was the first just going to say that. Yeah. yeah, the boat ride with Hagrid.
2: Yeah, that's like the most magical moment in
0: the entire series, <laughs> right there. <laughs> it is. It is pretty magical. I think my second uh, magical moment would be when the feast
1: starts and like all the food just appears onto the tables. Yeah, when, like if uh, I saw that,
0: I'd be like, "Whoa!"
1: Dumbledore just does a spell, and then all of a sudden, there's just so much food in front of you. Yeah. What would you do? And it kind of never like yeah, it empty. always replenishes. There's well. never yeah, there's never not enough. But yeah, definitely when they saw Hogwarts for the first time was probably the most magical moment, and probably as well looking back to being on the platform when he got oh there yeah. and got into the platform yeah that was a good one that would be pretty good
0: too like i could just hear yeah. like the bustling of people and carts and animals or the i don't know how
2: to say it but just like harry and ron becoming oh. friends <sighs> on mm-hmm.
0: the, i do just like, like that. the beginning of that friendship yeah It's just, like, one of those friendships that, like, almost immediately, like, you click with
1: someone. That's a good one, too. That's, like, not one that you would really think to be magical, but it is.
0: That one we can actually experience, kind of.
1: Yeah.
2: Though you can kind of experience seeing Hogwarts in Diagon
1: Alley the first time if you go to Universal. (laughs) That's true. I can't wait to go back. I didn't appreciate it much back then. I guess I didn't go to Diagon Alley. No
2: apparently
1: there's more coming more to
2: instagram
1: wizarding world
2: yeah like they're adding more to it
1: Ooh. okay universal's gonna slowly just turn into harry potter it's like it's
2: it's the only profitable part profit profitable part right now
0: i think if they did like more of a jurassic park than what they have i think people would like that especially with the newer movies
2: I think if they change Doctor Seuss to Nintendo Land, uh, yes, be we better. need a Nintendo Ooh, Land. Ooh,
1: Nintendo Land would be good. Well, they have one good. in
2: Japan. They're they're literally just opening in Japan yeah, right now. Yeah, I read that article. I need that Animal
1: Crossing in real life, please. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. gosh. Uh, well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Yes, it was a good one. A lot of information. Yes. And if you stayed with us for this long, thank you. Thank you for for listening. listening. Yes. Thank you. And uh, we will continue next week with two more chapters, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Be sure to stay connected on all of our social media platforms. We are on Facebook and Instagram as Unveiling the Magic. Yep. So thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, mischief managed. Bye. 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 And I'm like the only dummy that hasn't. It's like,
2: who hasn't read it? It's been 20 years. You're not a
1: nerd if you're not, (laughs) if you haven't. You shouldn't be in this group.
2: You know how excited I was when I did the Animal Crossing Mario Kart?
0: Oh, yeah. I know. I loved that. Yeah, Joni just got Mario Kart. You just got Mario Kart? Yeah. Yay. Yeah, the Animal Crossing one is definitely. I like that one. And
1: it's M- one of my favorites. M-
0: M- 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 Farm. The one with the cows. I really like that one for some I time.
1: hate the one with the cows. Really? I, always, I always run into those freaking cows, man. The cows are really annoying. Oh, yeah. But-
2: Do you need wine?
1: Wine, liquid querge.